Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! gentlemen to a brand new edition of the cannon fire podcast live on youtube today for episode 219 i'm your host as always Rhett matthew joined alongside me my good buddy and co-host the philly bucks fan himself mr evan wanish and uh it is about that time my friends it is officially saints week for tampa bay tom brady and the six and one bucks who lead the nfc south right now will head to that dirty-ass city of New Orleans to play their ex-quarterback, Jameis Winston, and uh, his shiny new football team. So we're going to break down everything you need to know about that matchup over the next hour or so here on the Cannon Fire Podcast. But let's go ahead and get into things. Welcome back to the show. Evan, how are you doing, my friend? Happy, uh, happy Friday. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. When we normally do these morning shows, I feel a little more tired than I am right now. But like once I got over the threshold of actually waking up, sitting down and getting ready to do the podcast, I feel ready. It's a nice start to my morning. All of our live viewers on YouTube, hope you guys are kicking off your morning well as to, uh, as well. Any of our West Coast people in here, that's commitment, dude, because it's 827 <laughs> a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know we got a lot of L.A. fans, but I'll be shocked if I see any of them in here. Um, but checking in really quick on the chat, we've got Emily Compa here early. Go Bucks, go Bolts, Bandwagoner. Brady is Mahomes' daddy. So it's 5.30 where I am from. So he is up early hanging out with us. We truly do appreciate you guys. So let's go ahead and get into this. Um, without wasting too much time, the Saints are a team that a lot of Bucks fans should be familiar with at this point, right? Unless you just started watching the team in 2020, uh, you know a whole lot about New Orleans. I feel like I know more about New Orleans than I do Carolina, than I do Atlanta every single year because the hatred runs that deep. But as we take a look at the matchups ahead in 2021, this one this Sunday, the first of two, as these are division rivals, there's a lot of differences between these teams, between 2020 and right now. For the Bucks, not only is a Super Bowl title one of the biggest differences, but, um, you know, I mean, you brought back all of your starters and... A good thing for Tampa Bay is that they're not in the situation that they were week one last year when they played this team. And then, of course, week nine when they played them again and lost 38-3. to There isn't an awkward adjustment period for the Bucs anymore. Tom Brady knows the playbook. He has chemistry with his receivers. Everybody really has things down. And you're just building off of what you do well, which ultimately won you a ring in 2020. Now, for the Saints, Evan, I want to ask you, what is the biggest difference on this squad between you know 2020 and 21? I know the quarterback is an easy thing to look at, but the rest of their team, what are some of the bigger key differences coming into this one? Well, uh, for for this specific game, um, Michael Thomas will be out. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to play. Uh, he's been out the entire year. He hasn't he hasn't played yet this season, so. Um, you know that that's that's the probably the biggest individual uh, difference I would say in terms of players that will be available. Uh, guys like Trey Hendrickson obviously won't be there. Trey Hendrickson really played well against the Bucks when they when they played him twice, um, especially the Week Nine game in Tampa. I mean, he was just he was a wrecking crew Week Nine. Um, so obviously he's moved on to Cincinnati. Um, I just realized what I what I did there on the Cincinnati. Uh, I didn't intend we're on, that. We're on a Cincinnati. Um, 
And I mean, also, you know, I mean, Brady's Mahomes' daddy brings it up, and it, it's it's a fair question. We don't know yet. Uh, is Taysom Hill going to play? He uh, has a concussion. He hasn't practiced all week, but he also hasn't been ruled out. So I, I would say it's unlikely he's going to play, but uh, he also hasn't officially been ruled out. Um, obviously, the the Bucks and Saints will both practice later today. That's we're recording this in the morning, so they they practice. Um, you know, in a little bit here, and we'll find out a little bit more there. But um, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot different with the Saints team, obviously, besides the quarterback um, and the, the loss of Michael Thomas. But at the same time, the Buccaneers secondary is also have a ton of losses itself, which they didn't have last year. Yeah. So it's it's sort of you know, so sort of pick your poison in a way there, and. Uh, Pete Payne asked, will Ingram actually be able to instantly plug in and play? I mean, you know, I, I don't see why not. He knows the playbook well, and he should be able to, to play. Um, I don't know how much you actually see him just because with the Bucks' run defense, this isn't the matchup that you'd normally see a guy like Mark Ingram in. This is the matchup that they try to exploit, you know, the, the Bucks' linebackers against Alvin Kamara. So we'll see what happens but um yeah we'll get into it it's 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 a different saints team it, it's it's the same personnel but it, it's it's different um it, it is different well i mean it starts with the quarterback and i guess the time has mm-hmm. come let's talk about the quarterback for new orleans because if you are a bucks fan beyond 2020 a lot of people should be very familiar with this guy as well Jameis winston who we talked about on the mailbag show a couple of days ago will be under center for the first time, starting for the first time against his ex-team. We remember that Sean Payton drew up a trick play, as he usually does against Tampa Bay, but this time it came in the playoffs, and Jameis Winston went out there, threw over top everybody, and got himself a touchdown. So obviously this week he's going to be looking for a little bit more, but let's talk at his performance so far this season. On the Mailbag Show, again, we did talk about this, but just to reiterate, You know, one of the biggest differences between Tampa Bay Jameis Winston and the new and improved New Orleans Jameis Winston is that, one, he didn't start for an entire year. He sat behind Drew Brees, learned from him, which I got to say, not a bad spot to be, right? If there's a guy in the league that you have to learn from, there's only a handful of people that, you know, I think a lot of quarterbacks would be perfectly content with sitting behind. Drew Brees is probably one of those guys, as he still is all over the record books, until Tom Brady breaks every single one of those records um so he didn't start got a cup uh got some action throughout the season i remember during the san francisco game in particular we watched him come in for an extended period of time almost threw a pick in that game threw it right to the linebacker and then you didn't really see him a whole lot after that he throws that touchdown pass in the playoffs against tampa bay and then uh drew Brees retires after that season watching the bucks win the super bowl really bummed him out so he decided to hang it up and here we are, Jameis Winston doing his thing with his team in New Orleans. Now, they are playing to the tune of a 4-2 and two start right now. They are second in the division. So, if they were to lose this weekend, the Bucs go to 7-1. and one. They go to 4-3. and three. That's second place in the division. The Bucs are holding a pretty comfortable lead in the NFC South. So, it doesn't seem like this matchup has nearly the amount of division... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't hold as much weight in the division race as it did like week nine last year, you know, but obviously the Bucks are going to want to go out there and win this one to set them up later on down the road, but it's not as much of a close race throughout the first half of the season. It seems like for, uh, for new Orleans. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree. Um, I mean, new Orleans goes out, and wins this football game The the Bucks have a bye week next week. If new Orleans wins next week as well, the Bucs and Saints have the same record and the Saints own a tiebreaker. The Saints are in first place. So um, to me, it has huge division implications. Um, I'm not sure, like if, if the Saints beat the Bucs, I'm not sure if like Sunday night, I'm not sure if the Saints would actually be in first place because technically the Bucs would still have one more win. Than and the they'd Saints. only have the same division record. I think yeah. they'd, be, they'd be one and one at that point. The Saints would obviously have the head-to-head, which matters more. But I, the Bucks would have one more win technically still, so I'm not sure if if the if the Saints would actually be listed as as the first ranked team. I'm not sure how that works with the tiebreakers and everything. 
Um, but I mean, it still is a huge game. I think it's like you said, the difference between five and two and four and three for the saints is humongous. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, it is humongous. The difference between six and two and seven and one for the bucks is humongous. Um, especially with, with the bucks bye week coming up. So they don't have an opportunity to, you know, to, to keep ground. The saints have an opportunity to gain ground because the bucks aren't playing, right? The saints already had their bye week. So, um, yeah, it, I, I do think it, it's a it's a big game. I think this is a, this will go a long way. Carolina's really falling off. I wonder who called that. Um, yeah, and, and did Atlanta. You, do you see that? Uh, I mean, Atlanta's always been bad, right? They're going to continue to be bad until. I mean, they're like average this year. I mean, they're like three and three now. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're better than we gave them credit for at the start of the season. But as far as Carolina. Did you see that report float out yesterday that Matt Rule isn't entirely sold on the NFL and that he yeah. may or may not end up back coaching college soon? It's I funny. Mean, no, you're kidding. He's coaching that all-time historic defense? Yeah. And he, and he, wants, yeah. To, he wants to leave that? All right. Sam Darnold, I mean, you know, the MVP over the first four weeks of the season. I don't know what happened to Sam Darnold, but he ended up getting benched. He, he ended up, I mean, I'll tell you what happened. They ended up stopped playing the, the Jets and the Texans. That, that's what ended up happening. Um, <laughs> How the so, mighty have yeah. fallen. They started 3-0, and and, and here we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are they 3-4 and four now? I'm pretty sure they're 3-4. I, I think so. Three. I think 3-3 three and three or 3-4. Three and four. Yeah, 3-4 and four says uh, Brady is Mahomes' daddy. Yeah, it, it's uh, that's crazy. Um, yeah, but like I said, I mean, this is – the Saints are really the only threat in the South, right? So, so this is a, a humongous game to be able to go to New Orleans and win this game w- would be huge. And I do think it has pretty big division implications. Maybe, maybe the Bucks, you know, if they lose, maybe they do end up first place anyway. But I'm just saying, you know, for the meantime, like they probably wouldn't be in first place if they lost. So I just, I just think it's really, really big to be able to 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 go out and win this football game. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think a big thing for the Bucks too, or for any team who's looking for first place in their division, it's always going to be important to put that much more distance between you and the second place team. So for the Bucks, you know, a win this week lets everybody just do a huge exhale headed into the bye week because you've pretty much got that first place spot shored up until you return to play after that, which I believe is the Giants game coming out of the bye. Oh, no, it's Washington. It's the watch party. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> kidding? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm out of it. It it still is early. I know I said I was ready to go at the beginning of the show, but there are certain things I'm not 100% on. My brain's still uh, still waking up. I'm like an old Chevy. You know, it just it takes me a little while to be 100%. But um, let's go ahead and take a look at this football game and some of the different things these teams are going to have to do coming into it. So I think one of the biggest things for the Bucks this week isn't going to be so much taking advantage of the injuries that New Orleans already has or just going out there and making sure our offense is playing the way that they have been these past few weeks, I think it's going to come down to play calling um, because the Bucs can out-talent a lot of teams in the NFL. We've said that before. I think there's, you know, 28 teams in the NFL, the Bucs can go out there and just beat off of pure talent. Uh, The Saints might be lumped into one of those teams, but Sean Payton Payton as a play caller is going to uh, make sure he brings his best for the Bucs. And, we talked about the quarterback, Jameis Winston. So far this season, the way that he has been coached is clearly he's a little bit more of a conservative quarterback. They're not really letting him sit back there and sling the ball like he was used to in Tampa Bay. He's not putting up these big 300-plus yard stat lines every single week. He has thrown, I think, what, to this point, 13 touchdowns and three picks, which is a great stat line for Jameis. But um, is this the week that you know Sean Payton lets him loose? He just he just lets it fly and he attacks this beat up secondary because we talked about that possibility earlier this week, had a couple of days to sit around and think on it. And it wouldn't shock me at all if over the you know first half of this game, we see Jameis just go out there and tear us up either by throwing interceptions, which we know he may or may not do if they let him off of the leash and he goes and throws for 400 plus yards. But, um, you know, this is a secondary that regardless of how the pass rush has stepped up, you can get the ball out of your hands pretty quickly, he might be able to take advantage of us. So do you think this week is the week Sean Payton finally just says, let him do his thing? Certainly feels like it. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely, 
It definitely feels like it. Um, like you said, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. He has two fumbles. Uh, one of the fumbles were lost. Um, 1,014 passing yards. Um, Last place so in the NFL, by the way, in pass attempts is the New Orleans Saints. So, yeah, I was actually just going to hey, – he stole my, my bit there. Oh, so I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they the, had the fewest pass attempts in the NFL. So, I saw something in the chat that said, like, Winston's playing scared. It's not necessarily that. It's just what New Orleans is doing on offense right now that, like, kind of doesn't let Winston be Winston, right? Is like, we all know that's not – like, we saw for five years. You saw for seven years. We saw for two years of Florida State. Like you saw what Jameis Winston was. He hasn't really changed that much. It's just the Saints play calling and the way their their offense is structured isn't really allowing him to be that way, which I, I think all it takes is one week for Sean Payton to say, hey, we're going to start doing this, this, and this. And I think that could be the week. Uh, this could be the week uh, because he has, the, he has the, uh, the arm strength. We all know that. He can push the ball down the field. We, we know that. Um, but the, the Saints offense, <laughs> I'm going to read these off to you, and you wouldn't think that they were a 4-2 and two football team, but here we are. Uh, total offense, 29th in the NFL with, in total offense. Passing offense, 31st in the NFL in passing offense. And then their rushing is 11th. So they don't have a top 10 rushing offense. They're, they're almost dead last. They're second to last in passing offense. And they're almost last in total offense. They have the fewest pass attempts in the NFL, which obviously does skew that a little bit. But like, how is this team four and two? You know, <laughs> um, like like that's like that's crazy. And I do see uh, bandwagoner in the chat says, you know, exactly what I was gonna say. Their offense has been Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara last week had. 10 receptions, 128 yards and a touchdown. He was their leading receiver. I mean, there was literally times where Jameis threw the ball to Kamara like three or four times in a row just because Seattle was playing a little bit too much cushion and they were just letting him get seven, eight yards easily. It wasn't like huge chunks. It was just like consistently seven, eight yards. Then you'd mix in a 20 yarder. Then there'd be seven, eight yards. Um, And they've been doing that a lot. So despite... You know, everybody, I see a lot of people in the chat saying, oh, that, you know, they don't have many receivers, this and that. I mean, they're four and two. Uh, I mean, you know, they beat the doors off the Packers. I know that game is a little deceiving. Packers got a big win last night, but, um, you know, they they beat the Packers like they've beaten a good team. Um, You know, so clearly something's working, right? Uh, And a lot of it is is their offensive line. Uh, Their offensive line is very good. Andres Pete won't be playing, but their offensive line is still um, extremely good. And I think Brady's Mahomes' daddy might have asked me this a few times or said in the chat. I think um, how does the Bucks' defensive line match up with the Saints' offensive line? Uh, and I, I do want to. I am going to get into that because I have actually like the numbers and stuff for both the the Bucks' defensive line versus the New Orleans' offensive line. And then the New Orleans defensive line versus the Tampa offensive line. But first, I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the the offensive stats that I that I placed out there. Yeah, man, I think it just speaks to the strength of New Orleans defense so far this season. Uh, on the mailbag, when we talked about their last game against Seattle, you know they had a chance to pretty much let Geno Smith go down the field and win the game or, or hold them to nothing, and that's what they did. It was two straight sacks. Demario Davis has honestly been playing out of his mind this season, you know, so their defensive unit probably looks stronger this year than it did last year for sure. Um, and I think they have absolutely carried them. When we talk about the 38 to three thrashing of green Bay in week one, Aaron Rodgers was seeing ghosts out there because their defense was just swarming him. And obviously it set up Jameis to be in the position that he did to throw this many touchdowns and only 180 something yards. So you know, their defense is really going to be a huge test for Tampa because you look at the defenses that they have played. You know, the Bears' defense isn't really a slouch, but it's also the Bears. So I guess they are kind of a slouch. They're not that great this season. Uh, of course, Miami isn't that good. The Rams are a good defense, and we saw what happened when the Buccaneers made some early mistakes against a really good defense. So 
I think for the Bucks, it's going to be important this week to be on their P's and Q's. When you go out there and you start the game, don't make any early mistakes. Don't set yourself behind early because regardless of if their offense is dead last in the NFL, it seems like if their defense is able to capitalize on a mistake, their offense in a short field position is surely going to go out there, give it to Alvin Kamara, and he'll find his way into the end zone somehow. So, you know, I think their offensive lackluster stats, we would say the same thing if it was Tampa Bay. If they're 4-2, and two, it really doesn't matter where they are in the stat sheet as long as they're winning games. And uh, to this rate, they kind of are. So I think it just speaks to the strength of their defense this year, and that's something the Bucks definitely have to be ready for. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like you said, they don't really make mistakes, right? I mean, Winston has has three, has basically four turnovers. I mean, through what six games, I can't tell you that might be the the least amount as a starter that he's had in his career. Maybe I mean, this guy's just always been, you know, like, you know, like sure, just up, like, just up and the, down. Yeah, like the you touchdowns know, and the yards are going to be there, but so are the turnovers and um. That's just not the way. I mean, even like penalties, like New Orleans just doesn't operate that way. Like that's mm-hmm. just not like that's not what New Orleans does. They don't commit the the back breaking holding call, right? That takes them out of field goal range or you know calls off a touchdown and they have to settle for a field goal. Uh, they don't have the the de- defensive pass interference that puts the the opposing offense on the ten yard line. Uh, they don't have that. Right. They don't have the, the roughing the passer on third down when you're about to get off the field. Right. Um, you know, they, they don't do those things. And, and and that's one of the big reasons why they're four and two right now, protecting the football and playing disciplined. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it helps when you have a, a good offensive line. And the Saints have a very good offensive line. I mean, I know Seattle's defense isn't very good, but Saints only put up 13 points. But man, if you watch that game, Jameis had all day to throw just i mean he could have sat back there read the newspaper um then you know grabbed a cup of coffee said hi to his mom (laughs) and then threw the ball i mean you know and i wanted to look at since it is i mean the bucks front seven and the saints offensive line they're relatively the same groups from last year yeah right and that's that's why i wanted to look at what happened last year so in three games, right, obviously week one, week nine, and the playoff game, in three games total, the Bucks defensive line versus the Saints offensive line only had two sacks in three games. That's not going to cut it, right? Um, and one of the sacks, I believe, was actually uh, in a 38-3 to game, and it was just garbage time, whatever, didn't really – didn't really have any impact on the game, but um, yeah, I don't believe they they didn't sack them. They didn't sack them uh, in the division around. So I mean, even going just, back to to 2019 and 2018, when you're playing Drew Brees, that's been a common theme for this pass yeah. rush too. I know it's not the 2020 pass rush, but you know when you consider guys they like get JPP, the ball out quick, JPP, Shaq Barrett, also being on that defense, New Orleans gets the ball out quick, and and getting to the quarterback has always been a struggle against this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough. I, I think, you know, it's just not a great matchup for the bucks. It, it's really not as, as far as like defensive line versus offensive line, because yeah, the saints just have so many talented players and I think it's a big key. Right. It really is. Obviously week nine, the bucks weren't playing with Vita Vea and in the divisional game, they were not playing with Vita Vea. So that's that's a difference that not many people are talking about, kind of. Well, especially with um, Andres Pete not being out there too. That's huge for the middle of that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's you know, the their center, I believe it's Eric McCoy. Um, you, you know, he he could have his hands full in this one. So um that that's gonna be big, I really do think. Um, but also, you know, something Jameis is more mobile than Drew Brees is. So yeah, that's, that's you know, true. it's, it's you're not playing a quarterback now where you're just going to keep him in the pocket because he can, he can escape the pocket. So you got to consider that too. The Bucks front seven. I mean, who didn't play with Jameis? But Joe Joe Tron, Tron. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's it. That's really like, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody else knows the tendencies of him. Like, you know, like Shaq Bear only played with him for one year, but he practiced against him every day. Like, you know, same with Sue, same with uh, Devin White. Like it just, 
you know, like Levante David practiced against them countless times. Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul, those guys have been up against them so many times. They should know sort of what to do. Yeah. Um, and actually, now I will. I do want to say real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm going to save that for for when we talk about the offense. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I just wanted to throw in there. You brought up Levante David, and that's a big return the Bucks are going to have this week. And when you talk about the importance likely, of yeah. people on the defense who know the tendencies of the quarterback that they're playing, I think 54 is even bigger of a return this week when you think about it in that aspect. But you know, looking at the rest of this defense and how they match up, of course the 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 injuries in the secondary still there. Not too sure about Richard Sherman and his status. He did return to practice this week, but uh, of course, when we get the injury report later on Friday, we'll probably get a better idea of his status for the game. But aside from that, just about everybody is experienced with Jameis Winston, but Levante being out there to back up Devin White to try and slow down Alvin Kamara, I, I think is going to be huge because it doesn't seem like it's going to be a surprise this week that they're heavily going to lean on number 41. Now, I'm pretty confident the Bucks run defense with Mark Ingram being back. It's, you know, two running backs that you're going to have to contain because Mark Ingram has a history of running all over the Bucks too. But, you know, I think 54 out there is going to be huge. And when you just look a little further into this matchup of how the Bucks square or how the Bucks fare on defense as opposed to their offense, you know, having Levante out there is, is going to be huge this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we you know it's not confirmed um, that that he'll be back. It's it's not confirmed that he'll play, but it sure seems to be trending that way, right? It's it definitely seems to be trending that way. And um, yeah, the Richard Sherman stuff. I'm still I'm in wait and see mode on Richard Sherman. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not 100. percent I'm more confident that Levante David's going to play than Richard Sherman is. I'm I'm still not positive with Richard Sherman. Hamstrings are are tricky. They they really are. Um, so we'll, so we'll see what happens, but yeah, it will be big, uh, to have Levante David back. And I think that will help out the run defense. Yeah. I mean, the, the run defense really hasn't been like against Chicago, like Chicago is a good running team. And I know like the, the bucks were really playing like a lot of they're playing for the pass and like, I'm not concerned about it, but like the run defense definitely has looked different when, when Levante David, uh, hasn't been there. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be big to potentially get him back. And uh, I mean, if Sherman's back, that's that's a bonus, right? But yeah. uh, I'm I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure if he's going to. Like I said, he he participated in practice what Wednesday and Thursday. Today's a big day, right? Today is a big day. Uh, Akeem in the chat is watching from Jamaica. Uh, Heck appreciate yeah, you, man. Akeem. Um, Bucks fans in Jamaica. That's right. You're making me crazy, man. Worldwide. <laughs> I, I had to make that dad joke, right? Just had to. I was thinking, um, I was thinking of uh the office diversity day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and Angela. Yeah. Uh, if um, you guys don't know what we're talking about, let's go look it up. It's yeah, season season one. Uh episode say, two, I think. People say season one of the office is slow, but there's certain episodes where there's definitely some gems and uh Diversity, diversity day, day diversity day and basketball are the two yeah. gems of yeah. that season. So hundred um, percent. Yeah. Or, it's, it, it's, it's uh, sorry. It's, it's also big, you know, in containing Alvin Kamara to have Levante mm-hmm. David back. Um, so you don't just put all of it on Devin white to stop the, you know, Alvin Kamara. It's it, that's going to be big. So um, I'm definitely interested to see, you know, just how healthy Levante David is. I hope he's not rushing back, especially with the bye week next week. Like, you know, it's just, it's not like they have a string of strong games here. Like you have a rest week after this. So hope you don't rush back, but uh, I think he he should be ready to go. Yeah. And one more thing I want to take away from this Buccaneers defense, our buddy Pete Payne from Bucks UK brought it up in the chat, hanging out with us this morning. Um, You know, if this pass rush is able to do what it does best and over these past few weeks, that's been get after the quarterback. I know they have faced some mobile quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, um, Justin Fields, those guys are mobile. Jameis is mobile. He's not quite as mobile as them. You know, he's definitely not known for having the wheels no. that those quarterbacks Just, uh, do. Escapability-wise, though. Right, but even if you get him outside of the numbers, Pete Green, uh, brings up a great point. If your pass rush can stay on top of him and keep, an, uh, keep him uncomfortable... If he's uncomfortable in the week that Sean Payton wants him to just go out there and throw the ball, then that's a great recipe for the Bucks because we have seen Jameis Winston uncomfortable in the pocket and making the mistakes that he usually does. So 
is we look at this matchup for the Bucks. Obviously, containing Alvin Kamara is going to be a huge deal, but making sure that number two is uncomfortable in the pocket is going to be just as important because, you know, any quarterback, when they get uncomfortable, is going to make bad decisions. But unfortunately for Jameis, that's that's kind of what he's known for. So, you know, hopefully they can make sure he lives up to the namesake this week and the pass rush can get there. But let's go ahead and look at some of the matchups on the other side of the ball. At the top of the podcast, I talked about how Tom Brady is definitely a lot more comfortable in this offense now than he was week nine last year. Of course, week one, without saying, he's way more comfortable in this offense. The offense continues to just put up pretty ridiculous numbers. I mean, they are a top three offense as far as productivity in the NFL goes, the Saints at the other end of the spectrum. So for the Bucks coming into this week, you know, what are some of the bigger matchups you see for them and, and maybe some important things they got to make sure they do on offense? Yeah, so as good as the Bucks have been on offense, the Saints have been really good on defense, which is, uh, you know, it's fascinating. I think I'm actually, I'm more curious to see this matchup than how the, the Bucks defense matches up with the Saints offense. Yeah. Just because I, I think the Saints offense versus the Bucks defense, I think that matchup is pretty cut and dry. Like, I think it's, like, we, we know what to expect, kind of. Yeah, I, I think this one with the, with the offense, because like you said, I mean, Week one, it was Brady after no preseason, no training camp, basically, uh, in a in a brand new system against a team who has been together. Um, you know, that's a tough game. Week nine, they were without, I believe, Ali Marpet. That just that got away from him. I mean, that that got away from everybody in that game. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean the offense, like that wasn't like Brady's best game, but I also I don't even think that was Brady's worst game because um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it, you know. I don't really think it matters if that game just, you know, the, the Saints just dominated the trenches um, in that game. And then, and then honestly, the, the divisional game, um, the, the Bucks very Saints-esque this season, right? The Bucks took advantage of the short fields and, and didn't really make the mistakes. Um, so it's important to protect the football. But, yeah, I mean, they're playing the Saints team. Their total defense, their seventh. Uh, passing defense are 20th and rushing defense, they're third. So this is another very good rushing defense. Obviously the bucks are number one, but John Lender to Peter report did point out uh, that's total rushing defense. If you look at, I believe yards per game or uh, I know I'm sorry. It's yards per attempt. I believe the saints yards per attempt on rush defense is actually lower so they're actually better than the Buccaneers at, at, at defending the run. Uh, so it's, you know, not sure if this is the week that you, they've been running the ball better, but I'm not sure if this is the week to, to continue that because it just doesn't seem like you're going to have much success that way. Um, so, I, I, you know, it, it's a tough matchup and the Bucks offense really has struggled against the Saints team. I mean, even like, even with Jameis Winston in 2019, with Jameis Winston as the quarterback, they struggled against the Saints team. It's just something that Dennis Allen has, you know, with Bruce Arians. It's just I mean, Bruce Arians is still one and four against the Saints. He's zero and four in the regular season as Bucks coach. Has never beat him in the regular season. Uh, so it's 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 something about the the Saints defense that really gives the Bucks offense trouble. And without Antonio Brown, most likely. You know, Gronkowski should be coming back. Uh, it's not confirmed, but he should be back. But, um, you know, I just, it's, it's tough. It's going to be tough, I think, um, because this is a good thing. And, like, the reason they're 4-2 is their defense. Make no mistake about it, right? That's, that is the reason they are in the, the, the position that they are. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough sledding, I think. Yeah. And that's the thing coming into this game I want to make clear, too, is that, you know, we can talk about the struggles that New Orleans has had on offense. While they haven't necessarily been putting up the fancy numbers that the Bucks have, they're still winning football games. So if they can't keep up on offense, then that's one thing that we're going to talk about over the course of the game. But when you look back at history between these two teams, and I guess this factors into my prediction for the game this week, I think it's just going to be a game that pisses a lot of people off. Every time we play the Saints, whenever the Bucks screw up, it seems like it really affects you a little bit more than it does any other game because this one just means so much. Like I said at the beginning of the show, the hatred runs that deep. So depending on how much you hate the Saints, and if you are not a fan of Jameis Winston, 
the game is going to piss you off this week because I think it's going to be one of the more competitive games the Bucks have played over the mm-hmm. last few weeks. And uh, it's really going to come down to crunch time in this one. So I'm curious to see, especially in the offensive side of the ball, like you said, they have been running the ball and we've praised the run game over these past few weeks. But I don't know if that's going to be so much of a viable option this week. Someone in the live chat did bring up the possibility of Gio Bernard being a better fit for this offense this week. You know, maybe some more passes to Gio out of the backfield as opposed to all season Lenny would be uh, a sight for sore eyes. But Again, we're just going to kind of have to see how those first few drives go for the Bucks before they start making adjustments like that. But uh, I wanted to get some more thoughts from you about this game. Like, what what else are you really looking at? Well, real quick, I did want to address something before it escaped the chat. Uh, Cartier Walker said, I'm scared. B.A. said, A.B. ankle injury serious, and we thought, hope it's not season ending. Uh, B.A. never said it was it was you know, perhaps like serious, serious. He said it could uh, quote yeah, be a long he, he time. Didn't, he didn't answer the question. Right, okay, he, right, he yeah. didn't. <laughs> My man said it could be next week. It could be a little while. It's He, he didn't answer the, he didn't answer the question. That That's not, that, that's a, the answer he gives when he doesn't want to give you an answer. The biggest takeaway currently is that he didn't end up on IR. Yeah, the, the, which means that it, it seems like the Bucks are, are confident that he'll be, that he'll be, you know, able to his IR it knocks him out automatically for three games, not three weeks. So you can't get the bye week. It's three games. So I think Antonio Brown should be fine to return either week ten or week eleven. I don't think it's gonna be season ending. Uh, I did have Gio Bernard in my notes. Um, I did have him just because I knew it was gonna be tough sledding. Uh, you know, our our, our buddy Robert uh, outside leverage. You know, you know he he, he points out that serious you know, the Bucks. Yeah, it is, man. You got to pay attention to it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, he points out that the Bucks have been playing some some bad run defenses, and that's true. I mean, Philly is near the bottom of the league. Uh, the Bears have not been great at it. The Dolphins' defense overall is just a mess. The Patriots' weakness is their rush defense. So uh, kudos to the Bucks for taking advantage of that, but this is a Saints team that is very good at defending the run. So you, you can't quite stick to the same game plan. I just think that's just – it was nice to, to get, you know, to have not have Brady throwing 50 times a game for, you know, four games or whatever. But this may be a game where you're going to have to throw it a lot more and – um yeah, I, I have my notes here that Tyler Johnson must step up. I Last week, I said Tyler Johnson, like, breakout, question mark. And this time, I, I even, like, underlined. I said must. I just think yeah. he he has to be good. Um, I'm not saying he has to, you know, have over 100 yards, but just, just, be, just be productive in a way where I know people are going to hate, hate us talking about this, but – Yes, Marshawn Lattimore does have Mike Evans' number. Like, well, he, it, he does. And and when it comes to this conversation, we can get as biased as we want to, but the stats are there, right? Like the numbers are there. Unfortunately, I I, th- I don't remember who said this in our chat for the mailbag show, but it really seems like Marshawn Lattimore, if he stepped up to the plate against every other ride, wide receiver in the NFL, like he does for Mike Evans, he'd probably be playing at a Hall of Fame pace. Um, but he definitely brings his A game when playing Mike Evans. So I, I wouldn't really expect much different. Of course, it'd be awesome to go out there and see Mike Evans just torch these guys like he did in 2018 with Fitz Magic, right? Like two touchdowns, 100 plus yards. That'd be a dream. But with Mike Evans probably getting a lot of attention, I think it's going to open up a door for some other guys on this offense and someone we've yet to mention. We talked about Levante returning on defense. It seems like all systems are go for Big 87. Rob Gronkowski to make his triumphant return to this team in a pretty critical matchup this week. I'm curious to see that matchup. That's the that's the matchup on Wednesday that I said I'm going to be watching the most throughout this game, and I think it still holds true. I'd like to see if Mike Evans gets shut down and you're you're asking some of these other receivers to step up. I think Gronk makes a play or two because even though he is, you know, the guy that he is, he's big, he's goofy looking, he's he takes up a lot of space on the field. He some way somehow finds room to get open a couple of times a game. And even if he's not entirely open, Tom Brady, who has been playing at an MVP caliber all by himself right now, let's let's keep that in mind, leads the NFL in touchdown, leads the NFL in passing yards. I have confidence that he's going to find Rob Gronkowski, even if he's not entirely open. 
Um, but watching Gronk come back off of this injury is going to be pretty interesting thing to monitor uh, throughout the course of the game on Sunday. Yeah, I just don't think you're going to see the Gronkowski you saw before the injury. I think I it think might take him a little bit to get yep. warmed up, but I think he makes a play or two. I don't. That is no. I don't, I don't even know how much he's going to play. You I think he's threw, a complete non-factor? I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, he helps in the run game. He helps blocking, and um, you know, I I think he'll get a catch or two. But like, I don't know if you're. Just, rib injuries are tough, man. Like, it is. It is. Rib injuries they affect almost anything. Like you can't sleep. You can barely move. He's like your ribs. Like you don't realize until I think like you hurt your ribs. Like mm-hmm. you know, like a few years ago, I I just had like like a little like bruised rib like hurts to breathe yeah and it was like it was brutal and i only had a little bruised rib and gronkowski is much more than that so um yeah it's it's tough uh it's gonna be tough i think for for gronkowski but i i don't think he's gonna like be invisible but i just don't know if you're gonna see you know any like big plays you know out of him um I'd like to think he gets, I don't know, he gets open in the red zone. You know, I think regardless of his injury status, when he's on the field and the Bucks are in scoring position, there's going to be a big highlighter on him for that defense, and that opens things up for other guys. So even if he's not out there playing to the standard he was before he got injured, because he was on an absolute tear early on this season, even if he's not playing like that, I still think it's pretty important to have him back out there, especially when you consider Mike Evans and the possibility of him getting double teamed throughout the rest of the uh you know, throughout the rest of the game. So even if he's not 100%, using him, I guess, as a decoy to maybe open things up for your other guys can't ever be a bad option. But I'm just curious to see not only where he picks up from, you know, coming back from his injury, it might be a little slow, but I'd like to see him get a quick start. Uh, but just seeing how he's used and if he can actually make an impact for this offense. I, I really think he can, even if he's not 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he can, especially in a run game. Like he just, he's easily their their best blocking tight end. Like, and he, he does so many little things that that help the run game, uh, which ironically they've actually been running the ball very well since he since he exited. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but the, the facts say that they're running the ball better without him. They are yeah. playing some pretty pretty ugly defenses though, so that's always important <laughs> to remember. Um, so speaking of, you know, of the running game, kind of, I think it's a big test for the offensive line. They have in parentheses, the interior offensive line. Yeah. We talked about the week nine game last year. I just total domination. So the Bucks defensive line against the New Orleans offensive line of two sacks, the New Orleans defensive line against the Bucks offensive line last year in three games had seven sacks. So there, there's a big difference there. And, uh, yeah, it just you know they they've really had the Bucks number, and it's it's gonna be another test. I mean, Marcus Davenport, I believe, is is gonna play. He's been out in and out of the lineup. Cam Jordan um, has had a slow start, but played well last week. Uh, they're getting a David Onyemata back from suspension this week. They're getting they're getting better there, and um, it's gonna be a real challenge. I think it's it's. Gonna, they're all off of the lines got to step up. They played great against Chicago, but you have to like take into the, the fact that Chicago was without Robert Quinn and they were without Akeem Hicks. And it also Khalil Mack wasn't hundred percent healthy. Like Khalil Mack is a heck of a player and it was fantastic the way they were able to just shut him down. Right. Kudos to, to Tristan Wirfs, but like he just went on IR. So like that showed like he probably wasn't hundred percent healthy for that game. Like I said, the bears were without Robert Quinn. They're without Akeem Hicks. That matters, right? Like they, the offensive line played well, but that matters. It, it really does. And this saints defensive line has been really blossoming over the last few weeks. So it, it's going to be a challenge. I, I really do think it's, it's going to be a challenge and it was a challenge last year. I know, like I said, week nine, Ali Marpet didn't play. Um, also, I mean, in the divisional round, Aaron Stinney had to play. So, uh, Alex Kappa was out with an injury. Um, we did see Aaron Stinney get a little more action last week, though. He came in as the extra lineman every now and again mm-hmm. between him and Josh Wells. And that's something the Bucks have been vocal about doing a little more this season. I think Byron Leftwich made some comments about, uh, you know, using that extra lineman, running six, seven, oh, lineman out there. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that a lot more this week, too. Yeah, just you know, it's you know, it's um, 
Like I said, I think it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I mean, Brady's Mahomes' daddy points out Seattle's offensive line's not great. Sure. Um, no, they're, they're not. But at the same time, like, I mean, the New Orleans defensive line has been doing this a, a lot. Like, they, they've been they've been good. Marcus Davenport is a good player. Cam Jordan's a good player. So, um, that that's just something to look out for, I, especially the interior offensive line. Because that's something that – the Saints have really, especially last year, they really did well against the Bucks in the interior. So that's important for the for the guards and the center to to play well. And I mean, they played excellent last week. Um, so it's important for them to, to play well again this week. Taking a look at the live chat really quickly, James Bond with a great take here. He says he's taking the prop bet that Marshawn Lattimore gets ejected for throwing a punch this week. I don't know what the payout is for that, but if there is a prop bet for Lattimore throwing a punch. This week is probably the week to go ahead and put that down. And if you wanted to bet, Evan, uh, do you know a place or two that people might be able to go to? I I think I do. I think I know a pretty good place. I think it, can I go to betonline.ag? Can yeah, right, right up there. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the banner right now. Official sponsor of the Cannon Fire podcast, betonline.ag. A G they've got the online casino of sports betting. Isn't exactly your thing, but they have got everything. I mean, player bets, prop bets. Um, I'm sure you can run a whole parlay on there. If you really wanted to, there was a parlay that I was looking at doing the other week when the bucks played Philly. And uh, I think it was the McAfee same game parlay and they hit everything except for Tom Brady getting five rushing yards. He finished with, I think one. So that that's pretty tough. But if you want to go out on a stretch this week and make something happen, do it, man, with our guys over at betonline.ag. One more quick real, real, question. Real quick, oh, real yeah, quick. Ahead. I wanted to look at the chat. So um, Deuce Flex machina. machina, I think. Deus, Deus um, Flex Machina. All right, that, that that's good. Uh, <laughs> you know, points out that the, the Panthers exposed the Saints. Look, guys, I – that I, I use this as an explanation for why the Panthers weren't very good. They beat the Jets, they beat the Texans, and they beat the Saints while the Saints were without, I believe, eight or nine coaches. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore didn't play. Marcus Davenport didn't play. Uh, you know, that's that's not really uh, – I, to me, that's not really the determining factor of what they are. But, um, you know, it's – like I said, I think it's going to be tough. And also, that's on the road. That's – you know, it, it's in New Orleans, so – and that'll be tough, but um, yeah, let's, let's, let's break it down here. Yeah, man, let's go ahead and do it. So one more question about the play calling, because we said that would be a big deal this week. I don't remember who asked, but the question was, do the Bucs ever run trick plays? I mean, this week of all weeks seems like the one you kind of want to, you know, bring something special out of the bag, considering New Orleans always has a few of them every single time we play. But would you be surprised to see the Bucs, you know, pull something special out of their bag? Somebody else brought up playing a little more up-tempo. I think it was Wesley Ramirez. This offense does seem to carry their weight a little bit better when they run, you know, up-tempo. No no huddle. They seem to work pretty well in. But as far as, like, trick plays go, you think this is the week we see a, uh, I don't know, a Gio Bernard flea flicker? I mean, maybe. You've seen it once with Brady, a flea flicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's- yeah, just don't really think that's not Arian style. Wasn't it against the Saints? No, it was against the Panthers. Okay. Um, it, it was week two last year. Uh, Brady threw it to to Justin Watson. Gotcha. Um, yeah, they, they for Man, one they Justin don't have Watson. That's a name I haven't heard in a while, huh? For <laughs> for um, you know, for for the Bucks, like if it's not a if it's not a a flea flicker, do they really have the personnel to run a trick play? Right. Not really. Right. Uh, you know, like it's just they don't have a Taysom Hill to, to run a trick play with. They don't have a, you know, a, a guy like that that can, you know, they don't have a quarterback that can go out and, and play in Wildcat like a Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts. They don't have that type of player. So that's, I think, some of the reason why they don't run trick plays. And also, I just, Bruce Arians is an old school type guy. I just don't think that's. That's something that he's planning to do. I mean, maybe I'm sure now that I said that they're going to go out here and they run three or four of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. But, um, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, I think you'll see something from the saints. Taysom Hill being out does matter because most of the trick plays that are, they do he's involved in. Uh, so. Yeah. That's I a big that, deal. I, I mean, every yeah. single time we play the saints, one of the biggest things I talk about is how much I hate Taysom Hill and I still hate him. 
Um, I'm not necessarily glad that he's injured, but I'm glad that he's probably not going to be playing this Sunday. And as you said, that's huge because whenever he is on the field for New Orleans, it almost seems like the ball is going to go to him. And uh, regardless of if it does or not, the Bucs usually don't have an answer for it. So it's going to be a nice, uh, nice relaxing afternoon without him trotting out there and throwing a 40 yard touchdown out of nowhere. Um, yeah, and um, Brian Shaw, my number one fan. Uh, oh yeah, that's in, your guy. In, in the chat says Arians doesn't run the offense at all. Byron and Brady do. Well, that's not true because it's Arians' playbook. So, um, all right, are we uh, are we just about time for the for the checklist here? Or? Yeah, I wanted to flash the book, A Season in the Sun, because if you guys are reading this excellent novel by Lars Anderson, you learn a lot about Bruce Arians' role and and what he says and doesn't say about this offense. So make sure you go check that book out. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and start to wrap this thing up. So on every single game preview, we like to do something called the weekly checklist. And basically what it is, is it's a list of a couple of bullet points. And if the Bucks go out there, execute all these things, they should nine times out of 10 be victorious. So Evan, I'm gonna go ahead and toss it to you, my friend. What is on the checklist for this week? Yeah. Number one's win the trenches. This goes back to, to last year. Um, but really, I mean, that's almost every football game, right? But it's just it, it's amplified it this this time because the Saints have been that that type of team where if you look on paper at their defensive line, it doesn't have like top end talent, but they have good players and they've really given the Bucks trouble. So win in the trenches. Uh, that's the Saints defensive line versus the Bucks offensive line. But I think possibly more importantly, it's the Bucks defensive line versus the Saints offensive line. If you're able to pressure Jameis Winston, I think that could change almost the entire game. Is like you said, then you get him to, to making some potentially bad decisions, uh, maybe fumbles. You know who knows? But the Saints offensive line was really good last week. They've been really good the entire year. It's going to be important for the Bucs to be able to generate pressure, specifically with four players. So you're not blitzing and leaving, you know, Alva Camaro one-on-one with a linebacker or one-on-one with a safety. Um, you don't want to do that because he's, you know, nine times out of 10, Camaro's going to win that matchup. Uh, two, play disciplined. Um, the same, like we talked about earlier, the Saints are not going to commit very many penalties. They're not going to uh, commit many turnovers. They're not going to do it. So in, in turn, you have to not do it. And that's, I think whoever wins a turnover battle is going to win the game. I, I really do. I just, I, I don't, I don't see, I think whoever comes out uh, the turnover battle, I think is going to win the game. I think you could also see whoever has uh, the least amount of penalties will, will end up being the winner of this game as well. And I think for the Bucks as well, it's important to notice that they're coming off of a game where they had their least penalties in a game all year. I'm pretty sure they only finished yep. with one against the bears. And that was Aaron Stinney getting the holding call late in the game. So, you know, it kind of sucks that that stopped them from having a perfect game, but yeah, I think it's something the bucks have improved on, but of course this week of all weeks is going to be the biggest test they've had as far as, you know, discipline goes and, and not having to uh, go out there and make costly mistakes. Yep. And then number three, ignore the crowd. Uh, they played in New yeah. Orleans last year with uh, no crowd week one. And then they played uh, in New Orleans in the divisional round with a limited crowd. This is the first time they will be playing in a packed. Uh, was it little Caesars? Stupid. Um, <laughs> it is, you know, Caesars, the, the, I guess the sports book, the whole town. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The dynasty, whatever. but it's, so it's, it's the little, Caesars. it's the little Caesars super dome. Yeah. See, yeah. it gets her upset too. Yeah. See everybody, just, everybody hates it. Um, yeah, even Ella just can't stand it. Um, so yeah, it's just that that's it matters, right? And the the one road game the Bucks lost it was you know a loud stadium, so it, it does matter. And I think they just gotta try their best to ignore it. I'm I'm sure you know they're professionals, but just, just try ignore it. So, all right, are we ready? Uh, are you ready for the for the game predictions here? Or? Let's do it, man. So we'll go ahead and go into some score predictions. I'll toss mine out there first, and then I'll give it to you. I, I know it was uh, – you told me right before the show that you finally decided to make your prediction. Like, it, it took you up until an hour ago to decide who was going to win this game. So I'm going to let the people hang on to that while I give my prediction. I think what's important for the box is, of course, everything we just mentioned on the checklist. Making your kicks is going to be important as well because, you know, Suckup did have an ugly miss last week, even though it wasn't super incremental to the game. I think it's going to be important in this one because it will be a competitive game. 
down the stretch, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Jameis Winston we get. If the pass rush can do their job and make him uncomfortable, I have no doubt we're going to get maybe an interception or two. But um, I'll tell you, man, I think this is a game that's going to piss a lot of people off. I think it's going to be closer than we are comfortable with for a while. Uh, but when it really comes down to it, I'm going to pick the Bucks. Big shocker here, right? But I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to win in New Orleans, head into the bye week at 7-1 and one with firm grasp on first place in the NFC South. And I think the final score of this game is going to look something like this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will put up 28 points, and I think the Saints will put up 24. I think it will be a close game uh, for the Bucs. You know, hopefully it ends up with them having the ball last and either a game-winning drive from Tom Brady, which is what he does best, or just burning that clock and using some of the clock management skills we know that they have throughout this season. Uh, we've seen them executed on some other teams as well. So I do have the Bucks coming out on top, but it's going to be a pretty close game. Regardless of the Jameis that you get out there, you're still pl- uh, you're still playing a pretty top-tier defense that New Orleans has put, to- uh, put together, and... Sean Payton usually finds ways to make it a long afternoon for Bucks fans. So I do have them coming out on top in a close one, 28 to 24. Yeah, this is, uh, I just, man, I wrestled with this one. This is just, I just think it's so close. You can really flip a coin. I really do. Um, both teams have plenty of motivation to get this done. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge game. I originally, in a season prediction show, this, I, I picked, I, I've, I've gone, you know, the exact same route that I've gone by season predictions, right? I picked them to lose the Rams. I picked them to be six and one in this spot, but I picked them to lose this game. Right? I picked them to, you know, it's a tough road game. Um, but that was obviously, we did that before the season, right? So that was before anybody had played a singular game and you're able to see anything, how it was going to work out. So with all that, I am going to say, Brian Shaw is on the edge of his seat right now. 23 to 20. It's a close game. I agree with you. It's a very close game right down to the wire. Uh, 23 to 20. Bucks win. Let's go. I, I, think, I, I think they're just. Give it up. You know, I, I, you know, I just think the, the Bucks are just a tad too much. The, the, the thing is, the Bucks offense will be a tad too much for the Saints defense. And I think the Bucks defense will be able to keep the um to, to keep the, the Saints offense in check enough. Uh but also I mean the Bucks scoring 23 points. Uh yeah, that's not wouldn't be a surprise to me. On the road, they scored 24 points, 19 points, and 28 points. So they haven't gone over 30 points yet on the road. I would expect that to continue. Uh I I don't think um that they will get over 30 points in this game. Uh, maybe that's you know, week 10 versus Washington. Who knows? But uh, I think that's, that's going to continue this week. It's going to be a very close game. And I, I think that the Bucks slightly edge out the Saints. I don't think it's going to come down to the last second. Uh, I think maybe the defense makes like a fourth down stop. I don't think it's a turnover. I know it would be poetic justice, but <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't think it's a turnover. I think it's maybe like a fourth down stop or something. Um, but uh, I, I do think that um, – you know, I do think that the Bucks go in and they realize the importance of this game and they get the job done. Absolutely. It's going to be important to see how they come out early in this game. I think if the offense can find some momentum against New Orleans early and continue to just do their thing, it could be a long afternoon for Saints fans. And that's a perfect situation for us. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. If you guys have your final score predictions, drop them in the comments section below or in the live chat if you're hanging out with us live here. But um, yeah, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I will follow you back. R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. Shout out once again to all of our people in the live chat. Of course, good old Brian Shaw, Will the Brewer, Deus Flex Machina, No Saint, 
our Bucks UK guys, Adam and Pete, both checking in over there. It's the afternoon for them, so glad we could catch them on their lunch break. And anybody else that I may have missed, thank you once again for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast, presented by your friends over at BetOnline.ag. We're going to be talking to you guys on Halloween after the game. Win, lose, or draw will be live right here on our YouTube channel, and it'll be available on all of our podcast affiliates a couple hours after the live stream. But uh, hopefully, we will talk to you guys about a Buccaneers win headed into the bye week. But that's about it for this week's episode. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys Sunday night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.